guess what? Now you can bet on who will be the next president of the Philippines in Las Vegas and Atlantic City. No, I'm not encouraging anyone to bet on it. I'm just telling you that Caesar's Palace and uh, the Golden Nugget have basically put out their odds according to two casino hosts that I have spoken to there. Uh, and essentially, casinos will take a bet on almost anything. This is the story of... The odds that were given to me are basically like this. So if you're going to vote for Lenny Robredo, you're going to get what they call in the Philippines, Shetijis, which means for every 10 dollars you bet, or in the Philippines it would be 10 pesos, but for every 10 dollars you bet, you would get a 7 dollar return on your bet. Meaning, she is uh, what they would call dejado. Whereas, if you go to Bongbong Marcos or Ferdinand Marcos Jr., the bet returns four tenths. Meaning, for every 10 you bet, you would only get four back. But the long shot of it all has been one of Vegas's favorite destinations for betting as far as Filipino Americans and Filipinos go. Good old Manny Pacquiao. Yes, if you bet a dollar on Manny Pacquiao, you have a chance of winning up to $13. So Manny Pacquiao is a 13 to 1 shot as far as winning the Philippine presidency. Now, we don't know what it's going to be as far as this next boxing match, uh, if indeed there is ever going to be one. But Lalaban ako sa mundo, dala ang pangalan mo, Pinoy ako, Pinoy tayo. Lalaban ako sa mundo, kapalit may buhay mo, lalaban ako para sa Pilipino. Lalaban ako para sa Pilipino Lalaban ako para sa
Mahalin natin ang Pilipinas. Bangun bayan muli. Sama-sama tayong babangon muli. We don't know what that's going to be, but basically, right now, as it stands, you can bet on three presidential candidates at different casinos in Las Vegas and Atlantic City. You just have to know where to find what are known as the special bet pools. Now, the Golden Nugget in Vegas is on Fremont Street. And you can go to their betting, uh, uh, you know, uh, room or, or betting area for their sports book, and basically just ask them for the odds on something. And if it exists, they'll take a bet on it. Uh, that's that's just pretty much how they do it. And a lot of people do these bets not for any other reason, but to be able to say that oh, they placed a dollar on so and so or ten dollars on so and so. I believe the maximum bet is capped out, according to my casino host friends, at uh, $10 uh, for the minimum bet that you need to make. And the maximum bet that they're accepting is supposedly $100 on these so-called novelty bet categories. Uh, remember, essentially, you're making a bet, and it doesn't mean that you're getting seven times the money or four times the money. No. It basically means if you bet 10, you're only going to get four back. They're going to take $6 right out of your 10 straight up uh, for, for Marcos. And they're going to take uh, 30 uh, or, or three, 30% out of uh, what you're betting on Robredo. So, you know, that that is their odds. So uh, Yamado would be Marcos. Tejado would be uh, Robredo. And the overall... Uh, long shot at this point in Vegas, as far as the odds makers are saying, at two casinos uh, is Manny Pacquiao. They cannot succeed without the support of the people. We cannot succeed without the support of our people. I am happy to see that the reaction throughout the country is favorable. For those of you who don't know, that voice you're hearing is the voice of four Philippine president, strongman Ferdinand Marcos, and when he declared martial law in the country. It's kind of interesting. Listen to his voice and listen to his son's voice. Uh, there's definite similarities, but there's uh, there, 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 there's definitely something different, too. Uh, listen well, and remember what this moment was like for many Filipinos who were old enough to remember this night. This was the night martial law was declared in 1971. Was it 72? I don't know. Was I born here? I think I was. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's not a funny thing. Uh, but this was a press conference that a lot of people dreaded and heard. A lot of people also were happy about it. So it's kind of a strange thing in history and a chance to listen to it. Many people didn't get to listen to it because all the radio stations and television stations were off throughout the Philippines when this event occurred. So here's what they were planning to do. Did they do it? History decides that. You decide that. Listen. Ferdinand E. Marcos, Sr. Well, Ferdinand Marcos, Sr. 
former president of the Philippines. I have received hundreds and hundreds of telegrams from all corners of the Philippines congratulating you and incidentally me for the proclamation of martial law, for the sudden cessation of anarchy and of criminality throughout the land, and of uh, the uh, re-establishment of an atmosphere of brotherhood amongst Filipinos. Now everybody seems concerned about his neighbor. Now everybody seems to be involved in the destiny, not only of himself, but of the entire country and of the entire nation. And this is what we have been hoping and praying for. I repeat, it is necessary to reform in order to attain the uh, victory that we uh, seek. Fairness and justice. And uh, so you tell each and everybody that uh, they can expect fairness, justice. We will uh, reform our society so we will weed out the corrupt in our government. We must do so because a corrupt government is uh, an insult to the entire country. And it encourages rebellion, it encourages revolution. There can be no success, no victory, no achievement if we do not alter and change our political institutions so as to be able to remove the sterile and Stop the attainment of the ideal that we have. So that's that. That's an interesting topic. You got to admit, that's a new one. You know, hey, hey, I haven't done uh, uh, forecasting in some time. Now, let's move on to something else. Former Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard is with us. Um, how do you feel? I think it's, in it. how do you feel about the Ministry of Truth? <laughs> Uh, this is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorships, this Ministry of T Truth, this Department of Propaganda that the Biden administration has just stood up. And the reason why you see this in dictatorships is because they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid that we might actually think for ourselves. And so now they've created this, this body. That will do two things. Number one, it'll use taxpayer dollars to uh, work through the mainstream media and flood the airwaves with whatever their propaganda narrative is that they're pushing at any given time and try to drown out anyone with alternate views. And number two, they will silence dissenting voices uh, through intimidation. Uh, this is—I think the thing to recognize with this, just real quick, is that this isn't something new. This is something that they have already been doing that's happening right now. The, the only difference is they're formalizing it, making it official, which, if there's a silver lining in this, it is they're revealing exactly who they are and why they're doing it, what they're trying to accomplish. And it allows us, the American people, to stand up and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you get away with this crap. We will take a stand. We will reject it. And we will throw out of office those who are continuing to uh, push and propagate this undemocratic, anti-free speech mission. I showed tapes of Joe Biden. I'm going to show you tapes of Joe Biden in 2008 and 12 and 16. And then I have a question on the other side. In our bilateral relationships with nations with whom we deal and have serious trade deficits, we have to be willing to put more cards on the table. Now they got a new plan. Trust me, it's not going to cost you any more. Folks, follow your instincts on this one. They put one foot in front of the other. They keep going. 
That's the unbreakable spirit of the people of America. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. My my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. I know you probably don't want this question. You're you're a Democratic Party member. Do you see a precipitous cognitive decline in Joe Biden? I think it's distressing, Sean, to see that. Uh, I think that it's important that as we look at what you've just played out and what you're seeing is that we not just focus on Joe Biden, but that we actually, which, which is really kind of a distraction away from, to me, what is the more serious issue here, which is it's clear that Joe Biden's the front man and that there is the permanent Washington establishment behind the curtains that are pulling the strings. You know, I, I don't believe mm -hmm. that Joe Biden came up with this Department of Propaganda. There are other people in this permanent Washington establishment who are calling the shots, who are making the decisions that have a very real impact, negative impact on our democracy and on our freedom. And it's important for us as the American people to see very clearly what's happening, not allow them to distract us and stand up strongly against it in defense of our country and our constitution and our freedom. I would like to see a cognitive test. Uh, I get asked a lot of questions about you because you are not part of this radical Democratic Party, but you still consider yourself a Democrat. One, do you ever imagine go, becoming a Republican? You ran for president once. Would you run for president as an independent? A lot of people ask about, think that that might be your final goal. Neither of those things are things that I'm giving any thought to. Um, I am very focused on doing all that I can, as many Americans are across the country, in recognizing the crisis of this moment, the challenges that we face that we've just talked about here, and how critical it is that whether we're a Democrat, an independent, or a Republican, that we stand together and fight for our freedom to support and uphold and defend our Constitution and Bill of Rights. This is at the core of who we are as a country, and our democracy is under attack from our leaders right here at home. This is critical for us to stand together and to stay well focused on protecting and defending it. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you as well. After this message. Hey, we're back. And you got something here that we got to listen to. Now, Art Del Cueto is someone that I often listen to on the Green Line podcast. And if you remember a few months back, around six months ago, Joe Biden basically wanted to crucify the members of the Border Patrol, Horse Patrol, on the border, um, who were down in Del Rio, and they were dealing with a mass group of uh, West African and, and uh, Haitian uh, migrants who were illegally crossing the border into the United States. And what they were trying to do was, was herd them in a direction that would get them near where the rest of the Border Patrol was, because in the direction they were going, there was basically nothing there. They would, they would probably die in the desert. So had these Border Patrol men on horseback, these agents on horseback, not interceded, uh, these young men uh, who, were, who were, you know, rushing into the United States, carrying packages and whatnot, uh, would have probably gotten very sick in that section of the desert. Also, the water they were going through was very polluted. So even if they had had uh, had tried to drink the water in those areas, you know, in the open streams and creeks, 
uh, they probably would have gotten very sick because that is stagnant groundwater from rains uh, over, over a long period of time. Therefore, it is not a free-flowing river. It is not exactly the best area to, to be in. And there's a lot of diseases and, and other things, and not to mention snakes and coyotes and all that kind of stuff. So basically, these horse patrol people of the Border Patrol were actually helping these immigrants. Yes, they were going to be catching the migrants or illegal entrance into the United States. They had not properly crossed the border at a proper border crossing station. So technically, under the law, under the United States uh, Immigration Act of uh, 1975, authored by Ted Kennedy, uh, they are declared illegal immigrants. And uh, that, is, that is their status under that specific law. Now, going to the specific thing, this whole thing blew out of proportion because of the reins, the, 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 you know, the ropes they used to control the horses. Uh, Art Cueto will, will, will discuss it a little further in the Greenland podcast, but he will talk about why and how this thing is such a clearly uh, crucial issue for many people in the Border Patrol community because these people were actually criminally charged. These Border Patrol agents, these heroes on horseback, these men who were trying to save these migrants from a fate worse than death of being trapped out in the desert, walking in the wrong direction away from civilization in the middle of the Southwest in Del Rio sector, uh, were actually saved by these people. They were cleared of all criminal wrongdoing. They had not been using whips. These were reins used to control, you know, two pieces of rope that are used to control leather straps that are used to control the horses. And they were not whips of any kind, uh, but but merely long control ropes to make the horse go left and right. I'll let Arthur Quickham tell the story and how they've been cleared criminally. But administratively, they're still stuck in DHS's administrative process. And this is something that Secretary Mayorkas has to act on because DHS is more concerned about what you'll see on the internet than the welfare of their agents or their people working on the border and want to make these people suffer through a long period of time because Crazy Joe over in the White House, you know, old dementia Joe Biden, is upset that these people were waving those reins kind of a little too near these migrants who possibly could have wandered off in the desert and died of uh, starvation and uh, water deprivation. So I'll let Art Belcueto and uh, his sidekick, uh, I really forget the guy's name, but the other guy on the Green Line podcast, and I'll put a link in the show notes as to how to listen to the Green Line podcast. Please do listen to it and please support Art and uh, the National Border Patrol Council. They do a great amount of, of work and and, and, uh, and getting information out to people about what's going on at the border. And uh, they're telling the truth, unlike others in the Department of Homeland Security who are basically setting up this disinformation board or bureau that is basically designed to tell true lies. And that's something that has to stop. Let's listen to Arto Cuatro now. And my wife says, we can't go see Exodus on Good Friday. I'm like, why not? And she's because I looked them up. Yeah. And they got like all these weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I remember the PMRC. The remember Holy the PMRC, Week? Remember the, the Holy yeah, Week, though? Yeah. Do you remember the PMRC days when they were, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't remember that, but it was Tipper Gore, yeah. which is Al Gore's wife. 
right? So she she pushed an organization called the PMRC, which is the Parents Music Resource Center. And it was to get rid of some of the music. And her attack was on some rap at the time, but rap wasn't a big deal. So her major attack was on metal bands. Yeah. And uh, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister at the time, he testified before Congress. Yeah. And I think they were expecting some, hey, what's up, party dude? Dee is super smart. Yeah, he's super smart. He went in there and he, and he schooled them. But my wife, I'm not saying she's part of the PMRC, but she's sitting there going, <laughs> I really don't want to watch. I don't want to see that. And, and I remember some of the words, because I know people still kind of give me a little bit of grief and say, oh, dude, I can't believe you listen to that music. Yeah. But a lot of people do that. They, they watch horror movies. Yeah. So if you're watching a horror movie, does that mean everyone in the horror movies is a devil worshiper? It's a movie. And and I think it's the same with the music. It's 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 yeah. It's just music. Yeah, it's just music. You like the guitar. You like the bass. You like the the drums. Yeah, and if you if you listen to some of the the musicians, they'll tell you, hey, you know, this music is about a serial killer or it's about this. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they're the serial killer. People thought the same thing about Wagner, you know, the Ride of the Valkyrie guy, and yeah. you know, and back in the days when they were creating music like that, they, you know, everybody thought, oh, that's just you know, it's evil. It is music. Yep, okay. that's what they thought. And and it's just perception, and I guess it's it's who delivers the the message the most. Yeah. As an example, the horse patrol, and we've seen it all over the media this couple of weeks that they got cleared. Yeah, when it comes to messages, <clears throat> it took a long time for that message to right. be delivered. And though, people dude. are saying, "Hey, well, why don't they have they are they going to apologize because of the message that they said?" Which is it was it was horrific what the president of the United States said. It was horrific what. Um, what's what's the the lady his his she the, the lady the speaker the speaker I don't know she looks like Pelosi no dude the the one that speaks at the White House what's her name oh Jensaki Jensaki people Saki. were comparing this past week to Peppermint Patty she looks like Peppermint Patty yeah from uh, Charlie Brown that's what she looks like yeah no there's I mean it's it is what it, I mean I get yeah. compared to they were shown side by sides yeah, yeah she looks just like her yeah either way. No apology is coming. But people need to know the truth. They were cleared of the criminal investigation. Ooh. But they ha- their, the administrative admi- investigation hasn't been cleared. That hasn't done yet? That could take years. Because I've seen you know how slow some of the wheels of uh, justice within the investigative entities of DHS and CBP work. They haven't been cleared of that yet. So they can still face some type of discipline up to termination. So for our listeners who don't know, what, what's what's the story behind this? Well, there were horse patrol in Del Rio. They saw a group that was trying to come across. They went down there, uh, and the horse patrol, mounted patrol, went down there on their horses. And they were trying to uh, stop them from coming any further, deter them to another area. And uh, they were jumping in front of the horse. Now, the, for- the horse ain't going to know. The horse could run you over. So what these agents on horseback did is they used their split reins. Now, split reins means there's one solid rein for the right, one solid one for the left. Some of you that know horses, you pull the right rein, right rein, the horse goes to the right, you pull the left one, it goes that way, right? Because Usually in movies, you'll see it as as one unit, though, not split. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. one circle, and you can do it that way. Now, the reason for split is, one of the reasons they use for split, it's, it's easier to, to work with the horse and train him. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you take, say the horse is moving to the right, and you don't want him to move there, and he's not responding, 
or there's something that gets his attention that he wants to go after, what you do is you use, and I'm just going to use an example, the horse is moving to the right, you don't want him to move to the right, you're, you're yanking on the left side of the rein so he can go that, the bit in his mouth is pulling him to go that way, and he just doesn't want to listen. Yeah. You'll get this split rein and you'll spin <coughs> like a fan spin in front of the horse's face. You're... Your reasoning for that is you're trying to scare the horse and he sees that spinning and he's like, oh, I don't want to go that way after all. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. But the cameraman took it and it looked like, hey, they looked like whips and people that Depending on the about, angles too. Yeah, yeah, and then the patchouli crowd, you know, they, they, they don't know. They, they Oh, you know, this is what it is. And you had the president saying they're going to pay and then all that happened. Mm -hmm. Now, Chief Ortiz didn't say anything. Didn't speak up. Just a couple of weeks ago, though, Chief Ortiz posted something on social media, and he was in San Diego, and he was with the Horse Patrol. And he did mention how proud he was that at some point he was part of Horse Patrol. Big deal. But then when he said, when he posted that, it just, it triggered in my mind. And I said, so here's an individual who's the chief of the patrol, he has direct contact with the Secretary of Homeland Security, the Commissioner, mm -hmm. direct contact with him, who they have direct contact with the President. He couldn't have spoken up and said, hey, I was Horse Patrol, this is actually what it is. Yeah. And, and now that we're past that, because the criminal investigation is over, I haven't heard him say, hey, we're going to stop wasting the taxpayer money. We're going to stop this ridiculous witch hunt because that's what it is yeah and we're just gonna end the investigations because there's nothing that these individuals did wrong but nothing's been said maybe he's waiting to retire so he can speak up mm -hmm. and like, write a book and write a book like several chiefs that wait till they retire, then all of a sudden they speak up, and and then you have these other little groups that are trying to start their little podcasts or entities, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. And oh, I'm gonna have this guy because he was so great, and he's speaking up. Uh, I, I'm it's it's getting annoying to hear these retired chiefs yeah. that they could have done something, and then and 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 let's face it, you could have been chief under the Trump administration. And you had a lot. It, you pretty much had an open door with the president of the United States. There's a lot of things that could have been fixed. Chose not to say anything. <clears throat> yeah, they wait till they retire. They they wait till they get their retirement money, and they wait till they have another job and something lined up. And oh yeah, now I'm gonna show you you know how much of an internet gangster I can be. That's <clears throat> what they do. So. It's, it, it does get frustrating, I'll be honest, but it's all in the message. And the message that I want people to know is we're wasting government and taxpayer money on a witch hunt of these agents in Del Rio that did absolutely nothing wrong. So they were cleared criminally, but the administrative case is still pending. So the admin needs to just drop this. Well, that's, that's my feeling. Just let it go, yeah. you know. They need to go watch Frozen. Lalaban ako sa mundo 
dala ang pangalan mo Pinoy ako, Pinoy tayo Lalaban ako sa mundo Kapalit may buhay mo Lalaban ako para sa Pilipino Lalaban ako para sa Pilipino Lalaban ako para sa Pilipino 